You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 146th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Matt, Minneapolis. Whoa. Uh, this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, where I'm just going to pump the brakes a little bit and slow oh, this no. down. Fast twits, fast twits. I'm all about, I'm like sprinting. Little guy, boom, boom, I boom. think you're trying to slow this down as um, <laughs> our, one of our uh, friends said, IGS Fest said, my favorite part of this week's show was the new segment, Little Guy's Chris Horner. Yeah, oh, wait, sorry. Quiz Horner. Quiz Corner. So good. Uh, I so, should have a Chris Corner Horner. No, oh, okay. I can't even say it. Chris There's... Horner Corner. That is tough. You guys. Yeah. All right. Everyone at home, pause the podcast. Say Chris Horner Corner 10 times fast. I bet you can't do it. Okay, you're back. And... Did you do it? No? Okay. They, they didn't do it, but little guy, <laughs> um, I have to admit that. Uh, I'm a little disappointed by the amount of emails and tweets <laughs> Feedback. That, you, disappointed by that. That, that you are purely responsible for. <laughs> yeah, for the, the, the little guy's quiz. quiz corner may be our most volatile subject we've ever that, covered. That, by far. Why was, wait, why was it volatile? <laughs> because we, you asked yeah. if there's any short Dutch cyclists. I didn't. I mean, I said I. I know that Vandahar exists. I saw. I did see a few people being like Vandahar. Like, let me let me just slap, like a few internet people? slapping me Spencer, on the back of the head. Okay, Spencer, me, I didn't me, have time to count it. Spencer, I dug into the numbers. I dug into the numbers here. We had four hundred and twenty tweets about Vandahar and short cyclists, and we had Whoa, we had on Facebook we had sixty nine messages. Nice. Well, okay, look, here's in my defense. One, obviously Vandahar people, come on, get creative. Start digging. So, um, do okay. my do my work for me. Oh, don't worry. And two, people statistically, did they are the tallest men in the world like like outside of cycling, All so right. they must be the tallest cyclists. That's that's decent. What I would have gone with in your shoes as a defense little guy would have been Well, I did say is are there any Dutch cyclists under five seven because Vandahar slots in right at five seven, and that is technically an out for you. I think they're being generous. I think that's with a really high stack <laughs> height or something because I have stood next to Vandahar, and um, oh. I've shaken his hand. I'm five eight on on an uphill uh-huh. uh, above the person measuring me. I am. I am way taller than that dude. I ran into him, like literally ran into him at the club. You guys know how it is. Yeah. Right? I mean, you guys, you know how it is. You were there. He is not. He can't be that. He has little, to be shorter than that. Little guy, this goes this goes so much further than that. So first off, I, I will randomly, over the next couple of minutes we discuss this, just call out some of the tweets we got. Marion mm-hmm. Steinbach hits us up and says, hey, non-tall Dutch rider, and he adds Lars Vanderhaar, Going, does cross count? And mm-hmm. then Ed Merritt goes, how can you overlook the Colombians? They're definitely the shortest. Oh, yeah. And G- Gavaria is like five foot eleven, and he towers over no, the I, rest of the, the Colombians. I agree. I'm not overlooking any other nation. I'm just looking at the Dutch people. Oh, wait. It continues. Charlie Andrews <laughs> hits us up and says, hey, Why? I crunched the numbers. By average yes. height, by average height, Sweden is the tallest. And really? Colombia is the shortest. But see, but that's tough because like little guy, the he Dutch did math. is a large sample. The Dutch is a large sample, right? And how many Swiss pro cyclists are there? You know, there aren't that many. <laughs> the Dutch have to be like what the fourth, fourth or fifth number of people in the pro tour or something, probably. I don't know. Somebody else crunch the numbers on that shit <laughs> and send your messages to Tim Hayes at hotmail.com. <laughs> Hotmail.com. That's M A L E.com. And 
I mean, there's just so much here. We um, yeah, we had to wade through quite quite a few, a lot, uh, a lot, a lot about Vanderhaar, a lot about <laughs> Colombians. I have never read so much about Colombians in my life, and that. Did I... <laughs> Challenge everyone to find a short nation or something? No. I don't recall Ryan, this. Ryan, Ryan Gabriel says, I thought you guys liked cyclocross and stuff. Or maybe you were just googly-eyed over Terpstra to think straight. Now, yeah, in Ryan, now, Ryan, in my defense, in Coach Tim's defense, I was like three sheets to the wind last week. So, really, if anyone's to blame here, it's Spencer for being the level-headed... Uh, one of us yeah. little guy obviously you know he can claim that he wrote the quiz knowing that this was an answer um but ah this now, is see, wow. another <laughs> another out that i think little guy could have taken advantage of but he has not is he could have uh-huh. he could have said well you know i was talking about road cyclists vanderhaar I mean, like... although his career path lies on the road not really technically a road rider right now I mean, in a sense, I was because I looked at pro cycling stats, and they don't—they sort of pretend cyclocross doesn't exist. Right. And and I was looking <laughs> at the top ten ranked riders on the road. I mean, they could have a mountain bike champion who's twelve feet tall, uh, Gert Van Thiessen or whatever the dude who won the polka dot in like '89 stuff did a bunch of drugs, did a bunch of EPO, had a killer ponytail, rivaled Finjans. Um, he became a mountain biker. He's tall. Okay. All right. Also had I mean, like fifteen heart attacks. I think the uh, I think the best comment we got was um, was from uh, a longtime listener of Ruby Rubey, who uh, who said mm-hmm. <laughs> that was almost Cosmo Catalano level post race analysis from little guy Matt. Um, and then he said, "P.S. Compliments. P.S. The shortest Dutch rider, Walter Whippet at five five. Yeah, I saw that. Although I disagree, he's American. Some <laughs> some controversy there. <laughs> I think the Dan Martin principle supersedes whatever he, wherever he was born. The Dan Martin principle that he was on sure. Cannondale, sure, draft pack or whatever. So he's American. So the plot thickens though because Kelly Reed tweets us and says uh, Walter Whippet isn't five five unless I shrunk because I'm five seven and he is taller than I am. And Walter Whippet favorited that tweet nice oh, okay nice. so he's actually taller see i mean that's you can't trust you, the statistics you, people you dodged he's a bullet first hand experience i saw lars, lars vandahar in person i can tell you he's shorter than five five i don't know i didn't I think like lars vandahar is five three my mom's five three and i think <laughs> vandahar is five three <laughs> how is your mom at cyclocross though she's not that good okay i'm sorry mom well, little guy, I gotta congratulate you. The cl- the the little guy's quiz corner, the second corner in your room that you're building so mm-hmm. far on the Slow Ride podcast was a smash hit. Biggest response we've gotten uh, to to anything so far. <laughs> I mean, I like, I like that. That's the case because it was not even a quiz as much as it was just a statement of a thing I thought of. Yeah, and. A slight, almost a statement effect. I'll go out on a limb and call it kind of a statement effect. You can call it an alternative fact. That's fine. Alternative fact. And you guys seem to think that it was a totally bullshit segment because it wasn't a real quiz when it was happening. And then we get a lot of response from it. So that's really funny. I mean, so yeah. Turns out you don't know. Nobody knows what's going to. It's true. so there, there, the there are a lot of plot twists in season one of Little Guys Quiz Corner. We are, <laughs> it, you know, it is getting renewed. We're going to have a second season, so you should get to work on that, and we'll look for it Man. in a so future. What's crazy is even Canadian Canada's favorite cyclocross racer, Michael Vandeham, put like eight exclamation points to say Lars Vanderhaar in his response to us. So, well, he's probably so stood that. next to him in his defense. He knows exactly how tall Vandahar is. He's so, probably been there on the start line. There, there's so much to, to go over um, on the Twitter and all, all other types of good stuff coming through. You can always hit us up at the Slow Ride Pod like Patty Tullen did at the Trickster. He goes, in the UK, biscuit chicken biscuits don't exist, so I've ridden around with a baked potato in my jersey pocket, though. <laughs> Foil wrapped, of course. So, uh, That's a good way. That's a good way to go. There you go. And then a good old boy, John Hodgkins, hits us up and says, hey, do you guys just try to mispronounce things? It's totally unreal. I mean, um, no, but we are going to follow the lead of longtime listener Derek Lewis, who hits us up with a nice screen grab from NBC Sports that just says cyclist in place of riders' names on their front page. <laughs> so it says, like, 
It says, Cyclist crashes out of the Peloton. Cyclist wins stage three sprint of Paris-Nice. Nice. Yep. <laughs> so, there you go. I think this is the way we're going to do it. I mean, I, I think uh, we... I mean, who's to say we're pronouncing anything wrong, really? I mean, what's to say the other podcasts out there aren't pronouncing it wrong? You know? Yeah, that's true. We could that be is, the only That is one. true. Let's turn this around. Um, I don't, I don't think did... it's part of our shtick or anything like that is, is what I'm saying. Well, let's get into the, let's get into the, the good stuff because okay. talking about our shtick, um, Scott Lundy hits us up on the Twitter and he says, hey – is it worth noting that the entire Cannondale team finished in 16th place at the Torino team time trial? And this oh, is just is two weeks after a little guy, <laughs> you know, put uh, Cannondale under the bus on full blast. So team Cannondale, 16th place at the Torino team time trial. But I think the bigger news of the team time trial yeah. may have been the collapse of the um, entire Sky Squad. Now, you could be saying the collapse of the front wheel, but it also coincides with the collapse the of the squad. Yeah, <laughs> the, the collapse of the squad. Did you guys see the wheel collapse that uh, has taken the world by storm? Yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, it's timely with the whole Brailsford thing and the British cycling. You know, you, you kind of, it's kind of foreshadowing that the wheels were coming off the Team Sky train, right? It's true. <laughs> it's, who knew it would be so, so literal? Ooh, I don't literal. think uh, Moscon or whatever knew it was going to be that literal. <laughs> Did so, you see the, the Garrett Thomas tweet? That there was actually three other wheel collapses that happened. Like it's all like they hit the same um, pothole or something. What? Like it happened to Doesn't three other feel wheels. Like that feels like conspiracy level. Somebody went over to the Team Sky bus and tried to pretend like they're looking at the bikes, and they tapped them all with a little diamond tipped pen, mm -hmm. and, and just right in the crack. exact right spot. Yeah, somebody that that knew, you know, what the what the special way to hit him was. Yeah, some James Bond villain level debauchery happening. Yeah, I'm assuming someone from the Cannondale team because they were like, "Man, we got to slow these guys down." Possible. It, well, anyway, the the collapse. <laughs> I, I will say that that <laughs> everyone needs to slow down the uh, team sky. But here's the here's the one takeaway I had from the crash that he didn't hurt himself at all. And I wonder if it's because he didn't even have time to brace for impact. And then Probably, therefore, yeah. like, because he went, like, face and shoulder first. Like, I'm surprised he wasn't more damaged, I guess, that there wasn't a collarbone yeah. or something. It seemed that, like, I'm very happy that he didn't uh, get hurt, obviously. But, man, what a, what, a, what a collapse of an entire team that is so well known. <laughs> well, you know, he... He was well enough. Well, when he finished too, he was like on the attack doing work the next day. So yeah, uh, hats off to all the domestiques out there. Yeah, really doing the hard work so the leaders can bask in the glory. So yeah, so the, that's. I mean, we can bring everybody up to speed on Torino more or less. Is that Nairo Quintana of Movistar Baller uh -huh. totally took it to him um, yesterday, and so now he's in the. Uh, the <laughs> excuse me. The leader's jersey, and uh, Peter Sagan won the stage today, um, which is also which is nuts. pretty awesome that the world champion's there. We're all in on Peter Sagan. Everyone knows that. But can I just – and Pino got second. But Yeah, what's up with that? That's a weird finish. How often that, does Peter Sagan sprint Pino and a whole bunch of other Grand Tour contenders? And that well, guy that's got a motor in his bike in third place. So, look, I are, was you just saying, about to say, are you saying uh, Peter Sagan is going for a Grand Tour victory this year? Is that what you're saying? Uh, probably not, but I hope he starts doing kind of tour of California style and just showing up and pretending like he's not trying to win these one week stage races and then just does mm -hmm. occasion, you know, every now and then I, I would hope that he's like, does it once a year, but he doesn't tell everybody which one it is. So like, <laughs> maybe he's going to try to win Torino. Maybe he's going to try to win tour of Switzerland. He doesn't tell people and they're like, he's, I hope he's here for stage wins. And then he's just like climbing oh, up the best. Th there's mm -hmm. a couple of things here on this stage, yeah. which I find very interesting. Look, I, you bring it up. Sagan wins over Pino. Um, first off, Roglic in second or third, sorry. That guy. He's riding well. Very legit. Yeah. So if you're playing any fantasy cycling, whatever, he's <laughs> almost the Tony Martin level guaranteed stage win in the time trial or top five. Like he's going to get you some good points. Definitely don't overlook him. Yeah. But sixth place today on the stage, little guy, make it, <laughs> excuse me, making the move mm -hmm. from Cannondale Drapic. Rigoberto, you're on. 
All right. Well, it's the good to see. Colombian I mean, on I, the stage today. I, I wish him the best. He's got a curse on his back, but I wish him the best. Now, Scarponi, not so good. <laughs> but, He's there uh, to work. <laughs> He's there to work. Come on. Dude's, dude's 174 years old. Give him a break. Plus, he's got so, that parrot on his shoulder. That's not aerodynamic. The oh, parrot man, could go back to the team car, though, and get bottles and stuff, which makes his day How easier. awesome would that be if the parrot came with, like, a cliff bar? That would now, be the greatest thing ever. Is there, <laughs> is there anything within the rules that says you can't do that? No, because no one's ever thought. It, it's, it's an unwritten rule, but, it, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not official. Mm. Okay. Oh, no, I'm just I think file that in your it. back pocket. Uh, you so, know, marginal gains era, you know, employ yeah. some carrier pigeons and stuff. Well, there you go. It, it could be good. Hey, I will say that the parrot them. It would be amazing if they put the, the, like the stage of the Giro or something past where Scarponi lives so he can stop mm-hmm. on the side of the road. You know how they, uh-huh. when they go through yes. the French town and like the, <laughs> the guy goes ahead when he's going through the town and like kisses his wife yes. and, and his son and he could go, but instead of, you know, seeing his family, he just goes and gets Frankie. Uh-huh. And, would, and, and Frankie just rides alongside him all the way to the stage finish. It'd be amazing. I mean, it, it, yeah, if the Giro was, is listening right now, we want to charge this is, charge this is a solid goal for them to use that. Because that is a marketing genius. The yeah. Peloton obviously lets them go ahead. Yeah, I mean, oh. Yeah, we're going to oh, trade, trademark this right now. And people are like, oh, where's Scarponi going? And then, you know... The patron of the Peloton, whoever it is, probably at this point is just going to be Sagan because he wins everything anyway. And says, let him go. Let him go be with his bird friend. You know? Yeah. And it would be just amazing. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, that'd be... Yeah. That'd be now, so Torino still going on. I don't know exactly when it finishes because it's one of these weird... I don't. It's not a week and a half long, so it ends in the middle of the week. Like it ends on a Tuesday or something. I don't. I don't really know. Let's say it ends Tuesday. Who yeah. knows? Okay. But let's go on to Paris-Nice, which is obviously the one that more people pay attention to because it's on NBC Sports Gold. And yep. today was the the final day of uh, Paris-Nice. And, and Alberto Contador goes on the attack. Yes. yes. Goes for the victory. And he comes up two seconds short. <sighs> so painful. So, so good, though. So who can we blame for this? Can we blame... Like Alaphilippe for working to try to, to, it just seems that they finished twenty one seconds down that group of uh, Sergey Hanau of Team Sky, mm-hmm. so it just seemed oh. a little like I don't know. There was no one else from Team Sky really chasing down this break, like doing the work for Hanau. So I don't think he had anybody know. left. Though, I know, but was he, he pay, like who did he pay money to? Was he like <laughs> hey hey my oh uh-huh. I little guy found the culprit? Bling Matthews finished in sixth place today on the stage. Yeah, I bet you Blake Matthews could have totally been purchased stuff to go do well, this. Well, no, I I will blame <laughs> Bling. I will because at one point there was the that chasing group chasing Contador and Dela Cruz and Soler uh, broke apart and and there was like three or four guys up and it was a smaller group probably would have gone a little slower and Bling Matthews jumped across the gap and and uh, closed it down. So I blame him. So, I don't think we should blame anyone. I think it was just good racing, man. Yeah, just good racing. Yeah, I hear you. It's just, well, I mean, come on. Is, is it, Two is seconds. It, That's awesome. Well, it was then, a, uh, yeah, it was a really good finish. I just watched the uh, the last couple K um, on the on that app. So if if you're a subscriber, hey, Spencer, can you out. pass over that uh, password to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll drop that in I the mean, uh, Skype I, chat. I figure the three of us at this point, you know, like just one of us buying the subscription – I mean that's that's halfway to to being good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, you know you just can't stop s- smoking in one day, right? Like you got to gradually get <laughs> off of the free <laughs> the free uh, hookup. So, um, but I, l- do you guys go think? Ahead, well, it's, I was just thinking about this today. One of the first Paranises I remember watching. I feel like you guys were both there. Maybe just one of you was there. Was at Grumpy's the first Paranise that Contador won, like two thousand seven, maybe six. Um. I just when I think Perry Nice, I think Contador and watching mm-hmm. today's finish and how close it was and how much he animated what could have been kind of a boring stage mm-hmm. uh, with guys not really going for it was I, I sent Spencer messages this earlier like I'm gonna miss Contador so much when he retires because so- he hasn't won much this year but he has been nothing but pure excitement like he is always willing to attack he's always willing to go big 
and it all it came so close to fully paying off today. You know, I got yeah. the pistol out, and yeah. this is this is something I was I was thinking about. Um, I was riding with um, someone the other day that's a, a big Trek uh, fan, works at a Trek shop, obviously, and he was talking about how much Contador. You know how great he is and how he activates the races. I I'll like to remember when he attacked Lance Armstrong, even though they were on the same team that one year <laughs> when there was like the beautiful. But is he now? Like, so he's he's had the the drug running right, the tainted meat, the the steak, mm -hmm. and have we overlooked that now? And now he's kind of become everyone's just favorite. That you're just kind of like, all right, you know, Contador, he's. He's at that next level now where we're just going to respect him. Like, he's beyond Jens Voigt, in my opinion. Like, Jens Voigt's got the sound bites, but Contador kind of is almost, to me, got the kind of Dewey Dicky uh, type of, um, you know, <laughs> like a, a, a troubled hero kind of thing, right? Like, this this uh, guy that you're just like, it's got a little bit of background, but you're I like, think... man, I really like what he does. Like, he yeah. does make it exciting. So I think the, uh, hero, the problem is, is that, like, Lance painted him kind of as the bad guy, right? Like he was the yeah. the antithesis to, to Lance. And then yeah. Lance goes away and you're kind of like, okay, I guess Contador is the new king of things and he's winning Grand Tours. And then he goes, you know, and gets a suspension, which was, you know, probably accurate, but a little bit dubious, you know, a little like, I don't know, Tainted Snake's kind of weird, like... It was, no, it was but a it strange thing. That's the thing. It happened to the entire like Mexican soccer team during the right. World Cup qualifying. Like yeah. it is, so, a, it's a it's known got, problem. It's got an asterisk by it. Like even though you're like, yeah, well, probably, but you you don't know. And he comes back, and and he's kind of the same guy. He still attacks. He's you know still whatever. But he's already been replaced by a new villain, which is now Chris Froome. You know, at the time it was probably Nibali who was the villain, who was also had a resurgence as the good guy that you kind of cheer for against Team Sky now. Um, so it's, it's there's a lot of dynamics going on. But, yeah, a lot of changing of the guard so, there as villain, character of the no, villain. I was going to say one. I don't I don't think Chris Froome's a villain. Okay. Oh, but come on. I can understand how you can think. <laughs> but, like, I, I can see how you can say that, but we can go down that road. But, one, I, I think even pre-Lance douching it up with his <laughs> accusations against Contador – Contador's always been a rider that attacks, and that's like yeah. why I was like thinking of that first Perry Nice. We yeah. saw him win, and I was just like, "Man, who is this dude? He's making this race awesome." Yeah. Um, he's just always been an exciting rider, yeah. and he's a rider you can never count out, okay. no matter Absolutely. what. So, 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 okay, let's go down that road. Let's go down that road real quick. With the Spencer, you're going to be involved here too. I know you guys like me asking questions that you're not prepared for, but sure. I'll go first. Yeah, love biggest it. Like villain, a biggest... like a segment of the show with like a special like like a tagline yeah. and stuff, um, and like I I don't know. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Okay, um, yeah, sure. We'll Tim's new <laughs> segment, Spencer. Yeah, I'll go first. Then you guys. The biggest villain in cycling is Chris Froome. Today, today, at this moment, right now, the least liked, but also liked, but the villain. Of cycling right now, I'm going to say is Chris Froome because he wins all the time. That's my defense for it. There's other people I can mention that I will later. So, Spencer, who do you think is the biggest villain in cycling? Man, uh, it's tough to say for 2017 because we haven't had a lot of racing yet. I really want to say something to do with the Bahrain team, probably Nibali. <laughs> but... Oh, Visconti. But Nibali has turned himself into, you know, kind of the the underdog character. But and then he had then he had the sticky bottle incident, and you're like, no, he's still a bad guy at heart. I don't know. I'm gonna go with Nibali. Nibali, not even okay. And uh, little guy, who is the biggest Vic villain in cycling right now? Because I mean, you know our listeners right now are yelling at their car on this uh, answer. Yeah. It's not Chris Froome, man. He's too lovable. I'd rather punch Garrett Thomas in the face any day of the week. <laughs> um, Bling. I, I've Bling. said it before, I've said it again. It's Bling Matthews and <laughs> <Yes>. Johnny Visconti. <laughs> Those dudes just ugh, make me so mad. Um, I don't have, like, a Grand Tour villain. I, I actually like all the Grand Tour guys right oh, now. Oh, you like Richie Port? No, God, you're right. Wait, so the one the one I will say it's that most fine. of our listeners, I, I have respect for him. He wrote a good stage, and, okay. and and he screwed up in the crosswinds, but he wrote. I, you know, I'm trying to not hate him so much. So, I'm so trying. the 
I guarantee most of our listeners, here. and please tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod, email us <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Follow, follow the new Wide Angle Podium on Instagram. You can leave us a comment there if you want. Tag us in a photo of who you think is the uh, biggest villain. I bet you a lot of people, a lot of our listeners think that uh, Valverde is the biggest um, villain in cycling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to bet. Even He's, though we're, we're kind of fans because we appreciate his attacking we're, yeah, guile. Yeah, trying to bring him around. But I, I think there's still a lot of people that, um, that don't like that. Here's why I say it can't be Froome. I know he wins the tour all the time. And I, and I know he's on the evil team. But he seems like the nicest guy. He's always willing to like say the right thing. Like the Brailsford stuff coming yeah. out. He doesn't jump on this bandwagon. He's yep. like one of the guys who's like, no, I'm not going to say. He's not jumping to his defense like somebody that I just mentioned physical violence against. <laughs> uh-huh. And he doesn't <laughs> worry, win the we'll Volta. And part of part of what I really what like get, gets me to at least currently still like him is that he can't he can win the tour but he can't put together two tours and it seems like it, it is actually something he wants like he doesn't he's not a villain in that Lance mold or that Wiggins mold that ticked me off so much of just sort of like does one thing and then disappears for the rest of the year he shows up he races a lot and he he does the tour and then he he like every year he tries to go to the Volta. And double it up, and he can't pull it off. And you that's, can tell okay. that it's driving him nuts that he wants to be able to do it. Well, that's and a that's, that's a good I defense, Logan. Like. I appreciate it. So thank you for the defense. I still it's think the he's the biggest villain. It's a, <laughs> it's there. Uh, motion denied um, yeah. <laughs> on that. But I will say that his uh, he did gain some points for me with the running last year at the tour. Yeah. But then the fact that he ran without his bike was really strange mm. to me. Mm-hmm. And then he just oh. got the wrong size bike and didn't I mean I, I don't know. There, there What is, like like in that moment confusing. you would have been like you would add it all together. You would have been cool as a cucumber. No, 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 no. No, but if I was the villain, I would have punched some guy on the side of the road and just stolen his bike and then ridden oh, up the road. Wait, That's so you're I, saying he was, was being he was being such an inadequate villain that you were like, well, maybe he's not the villain. Yeah, and for that split second. And then, he won, and then he won. And I was like, oh, he he's won. a villain again. So you saw like you saw like the like the cycling news cribs edition, and they took you to Chris Froome's house, and it wasn't like a lair inside a volcano, and you were like, "Huh, maybe he's not the evil villain. He just lives in a house." Hmm, interesting. Uh, well, good stuff at both Paris Nice and Torino Adriatico. We should uh, give a quick shout out to American Dan Martin for taking third place in the overall, just thirty seconds down on Sergey. Sergio Hanau and Alberto Contador. So great job, Danny Martin. Oh, hey there, all you hosers. This is Manitoba Mike Vandenham from Canada, and uh, you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, eh? And with that sound, you know it's a preem lap. Spencer, what are we racing for this week? Uh, This week we've got a couple of great sponsors. That's right. I said a couple of great sponsors. Um, first off the bat, as always, healthiq.com slash slow ride is a great spot for you to go to check out life insurance options. Um, they can help you out if you live an active lifestyle, like, uh, being a cyclist, for instance. I know you've heard us say all this stuff before, but they've also got a lot of other stuff that is great for, uh, folks that are, you know, in shape, maybe, sad to say but not your typical american you know maybe a little active (laughs) maybe you know you do something every once in a while um they've got plans um for uh endurance athletes so you you have a slow resting heart rate which is a great thing in cycling doesn't look good to health uh or life insurance providers they are scared away by that but health iq knows that is a good thing for an endurance athlete, right? So they, they, they tell me that you can get docked up to five to ten percent for that from your normal life insurance. So this is something you want to look into. You can save big money. They also have plans uh, that can address low carb diets. Um, they mention they they measure your cholesterol ratio um, in addition to your HDL ratio for low carb dieters. And can save you a lot of money that way as well. And they do things like give, uh, forgive 
a family history issue. You know, if you've got a family history of something, they'll forgive one issue uh, in your background. Lots of ways to save, not just riding your bike, but that's a big part of it. HealthIQ.com slash slow ride. Do yourself a favor. That's right. Thank you for that. And we'd also like to thank Michelin for bringing the slow ride podcast show to us. I mean, once again, Michelin tires and guys, they have a new tire out. It's the Michelin power endurance tire. You can put the miles on without flats. You know me. I like to get a lot of flat tires when I'm out there on the rides (laughs) and I almost pulled it off today. I didn't say it. I was um, riding today and I looked down and uh, the rear tire looked a little flat and I turned to my compatriot and I was about to say, Hey guys, I got a flat tire. Um, but then I realized I can't do that because um, then I'd just be a, a meme of myself. But these new tires, <laughs> um, the new Michelin's Power Endurance tires, are uh, built around grip in the corners, low rolling resistance, but they're built for training and lasting. You will see them throughout. And you have a chance to win the uh, Michelin Power Endurance tires, a pair mm-hmm. of 700 by 25s. All you need to do is you just need to tag Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and use the hashtag WAP power contest, and uh, then you have the chance to win these yep. tires. It's actually yep. very, very simple here. It's Take very simple. You get two weeks. We're going to do yeah. this for two weeks. Um, you post a photo, whatever you want. You on your bike, riding your other Michelin tires, your worn out Michelin tires, whatever you Hang want. Hang out with your Babendium. Yeah. Get, a, get, right? us a good, get us that sunset uh, shot, you know, on your, on your commute home from work. Um, tag Michelin Bicycle, all one word, uh, and use the hashtag WAP Power Contest. We are going to get you potentially some Michelin Pro Endurance tires. Uh, they are awesome. They're awesome. Now, and you follow... Am I allowed to play? <clears throat> you? I think. Yes, I think little guy. You probably... need to get on Instagram. So Did... that would just be a amazing. So yes, little guy, yeah. <laughs> post a photo yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> Um, you guys will notice that I am currently holding in my studio right now a Michelin jet. Nice. I didn't, I didn't even know we were doing this tonight, but I just keep a Michelin jet near me at all times. That's good. Damn good time. And these Michelin tires, you can follow, follow them on Instagram, at Michelin Bicycle, on Twitter, at Michelin Bike USA. Thank them for supporting the podcast. But once mm-hmm. again, go on Instagram, take a photo, just tag Michelin Bicycle, use the hashtag WAP Power Contest. You have a chance to win some tires that are going to last forever. Um, Mike over at Red Kite Prayer even said that uh, he rode them for over 500 miles without any type of flats, and he was able to continue to hang with the fast crowd. So this is very <laughs> good stuff. Also from an actual reputable journalist at Red Kite Prayer, unlike yeah. us. Who are just a bunch of blowhards that have a radio show or podcasts are even worse that you're choosing to listen to. But thanks to Michelin Bicycle Tires and their brand new Power Endurance Tires for joining Absolutely. in and s- supporting the Slow Ride Podcast and, and ultimately the Wide Angle Podium Network. Exactly. And speaking of supporting the Wide Angle Podium Network, that is something that many people do and we are very, very appreciative of. Um you can come in and support us at a $5 a month level and get a bunch of bonus content. You can come in at 10 or 15 or whatever you want and get more stuff like water bottles, T-shirts, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and we would uh, really you know, encourage you to do so. If you, if you listen to the show and it brings you a, a little spark of joy in your week uh, that I know it brings to my week. <laughs> well... I like to think of it this way. If you want to buy Coach Tim a beer, mm-hmm. but you live somewhere else, this is one way that you can buy mm. Coach Tim a beer, kind of, right? By showing that support. I see. Um, I see. So yeah. so keep <laughs> keep Coach Tim lubricated by visiting wideanglepodium.com slash donate. Um, you're not only helping us, you're helping the whole network. Uh, we're trying to do a lot of stuff here coming up. Um, bringing you some some new shows that have just come out, like the Dirt Field Recordings, which has been incredible. Um, and then uh, we've got some new shows in the works. We're hoping to bring other stuff on board, and all of that costs bandwidth. It costs, you know, uh, back-end computer stuff. That It all adds up. It's unbelievably expensive. So anything you could do to help uh, would be great. So we appreciate and- everybody that has done that so far. 
We do. And um, let's uh, let's go back to the show. Hey, this is Mo Bruno Roy, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. And um, guys, before we get back into important bike talk, we have a question from legendary Minnesota cyclist Brian Koneman, who we've known for a long time. And he says, hey guys, if you're driving a VW Westie and you pass a VW Eurovan, do you wait for them to wave first? Yeah, that's a good point. You, um... Nah, you gotta be the bigger man. How? What? Come bigger on. van? <laughs> Gotta be the bigger van. Now I probably so, are a little bigger. Now I know. I, what, what about if now is the Eurovan? Is that the same as the Chrysler minivan that they just rebadged as no, the VW? No, no, no. The okay. Eurovan. I will. I will. It is no van again, but it is so much better than that terrible Chrysler rebranding. So do you wave at the rebranded Chrysler no, VW? I minivan? do not. I do not. I try to not gag. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the uh, the important question here is. Um, when when is Brian driving a van again? Uh, I don't think he does. I don't know what he's got. I don't know what he's driving these days. Huh? That's, okay. a, that's a pretty well, good question. I'm, I'm gonna be on the lookout for him. But uh, yeah, I think little guy, you might be onto something. Uh, y- you know, if you see another VW van of a vintage of a 2003 or older, then uh, you should be waving. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Even the Eurovans at this point. Uh, while way more modern are mm-hmm. getting pretty old. So I try to wave. If I don't get a wave back, I do get upset. So it's just like riding. Michael yeah. um, Michael Levesque hit us up on the old uh, Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com with just a single picture from something we've kind of underplayed is the underground <laughs> garage racing that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now by our friends from uh, Crosshairs yeah. Radio and the Crosshairs team. Um, Michael Levesque just sent us a single picture, and it was a uh, of a jersey with a giant bag of um, gummy bears from Haribo in the back, and just says "Gummy Bears and Underground Racing." So, thanks for sharing that. Um, that that um, Crystal City Sprints is quite the event. They seem to continue to crush it um, mm-hmm. there in uh, the DC area. So, thanks for sharing um, that. We got an email from Jordan Cullen, and he says, Hey, dudes, <laughs> hope all is well. The podcast keeps getting better with each new episode. However, there's one topic that has yet to be addressed on the show, Oof. which leads to my question. Now, he's listened to a lot. Just one? For many years while riding, I had the burden of saying on your left when coming upon a walker, slower cyclist, oblivious dingbat, etc. I knew uh, of a few people who... being fast and always passing I know, people. The burden. Yeah. That is true. The burden of Jordan Cullen being fast, always passing people. Um, I knew of a few people who ran bells on their bikes that they would ring to give these fellow road users a heads up rather Mm -hmm. than the unpleasant on your left. I always thought having a bell on your bike was a little dumb. However, after donning a bell on my own training bike, my view has been forever changed. No longer do I have to say on your left left, or any other nonsense when overtaking someone. Now it's just a simple ding, and they'll move aside in which direction they see fit. The other benefit I found is that no one ever gets mad at someone who just gave them a polite ring. As opposed to the dirty looks you get when you yell on your left. I'd love to get your guys' opinions on whether having a bell on a road bike is a good move or a Fred special. I think this is a great comment, and I do appreciate Jordan emailing that in first off, because this is a subject that needs to be addressed. Yeah. I think we've talked about this for commuting before, but we haven't really talked about it for like uh, a race training bike situation. Um, and I think I think it's a great idea i i am in full support of the bell especially on a race bike there's some nice low profile bells you can get and just sort of uh put it in there near the handlebar uh, near the stem and uh, it doesn't look super out of place on your bike um you know i'm not saying go get one of those uh hamburger bells and put that on your you, on your I, full carbon di2 bike um you will get extra points if you do get the hamburger bell i'm just saying that but <laughs> if you if you want the real bell, what you need to do is you just got to go over to Crosshair Cycling and you got to hit on the um, their shop. They the have Spur the Spur Cycle, cycle bell, yeah. bells. That's a good one. You can, mm-hmm. you can buy from our Wide Angle Podium Network subscriber. Check out these bells. Great sound. I got one for Sarah for her mm-hmm. um, 
for her. And I'll just say this. I got it for Sarah. Didn't even get a discount from Bill. Why? Because I like to support his <laughs> shop. Sarah uh, loves that bell. Yeah. She dings it like yeah. crazy whenever we are coming up on people in uh, downtown, like waving to other cyclists. It's just her way to wave. I, I'm all yeah. about it. I'm going to be getting a spur cycle for myself, and I'm mm-hmm. going to put it on the road bike. And I don't really care what people have to say about it. No, I think it's great. Um, what's What's the best part is if you leave it on, if you use the training bike for racing as well, you can dig into the pack. People move. Yeah, yeah. I had. Uh, I had <laughs> oh, I would love my, that. I had one yellow of my line violations. Oh, wow. Uh, two years ago, I had I had one of because my, my work bike became my cross bike for a while, and so I had the bell on. Um, yeah. And it was good to have out at the uh, Tuesday nights uh, cross crits. When you're lapping people. <laughs> well, because it's a lot of people. It's like it's a short course, and it's you know 50 plus people on the course, so you end up with a lot of lap traffic. And the bell was great for that. So, <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, bells on race bikes, a big thumbs up over here, especially on the well, training bikes. I mean, and, I said it before. We've we all said it before. Nobody likes saying sport leader, right? It's yeah. way nicer just to ring the bell, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it works out doubly for me because I'm not, I'm not much of a shouter like on the path. You know what I mean? I'm not like when I do say on your left, I tend to just not vocalize that enough, and I'm not sure that people even hear me and then I blow by them and they probably think I'm a jerk. The bell really just averts all those problems and I just ding it and they move over and everybody's happy. Yeah. I yeah. go with the bell. It'd be great. And extra bonus points. If you ring the bell while in a group ride and you're like, right, you're, you're in the middle of the pack, you start ringing the bell and see if they move out of the way and then you yep. can attack. So if you yep. ever successfully pull off an attack while <laughs> ringing the bell, extra points, that'd be great. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the guys would create some space in the in the pace line. You know, if you were ding ding, give them a nice little ding ding. Um, so, you know, they'll let you in. You could probably even do it as a victory celebration when you cross the line, uh, whether at a race or or just that town line sprint. Yeah, just... Got a um, another email from Ian Kennedy. Hit us up, and Ian Kennedy, uh, kind of a long email, so won't get totally into it. But he said he needs a little bit of advice on how to handle poor bike etiquette. He's talking about riding through um, his town. And he saw uh, two cyclists pedal by, one of them wearing his own team kit, and he didn't know who it was. So, and they also didn't like say hi or wave or no head nod or whatever. And he said, okay. you know, it was cold. So, you know, maybe that's why they were waving. But then he noticed that they weren't even wearing bar mitts. So there was actually no reason for, uh, you know, the wave not to happen. And as he gets up to the, the stoplight to, um, introduce himself and say hi to this teammate that did not wave and kind of a you know say hey how's it going guys the teammate rides through the red light so now he's going through the moral quandary of a is it okay that he went through the red light he had no clue who it was but then he went on strava and did a strava flyby totally strava stalked who this person was now he has this question he says hey guys what am i supposed to do here should I send the missive to the team email list or should I um, just send a link to them of the podcast and about how you, how you wave <laughs> or third, should he just lead by example, kind of ignore it and just, uh, you know, hope that he's riding with these guys and they can kind of see, I will say option one of sending the missive to the team email list. Totally. Don't do that. I've done that before on multiple <laughs> teams. Totally not great. <laughs> Yeah, is that why you're always the best like guy on your team? <laughs> That's right. I, th- I think Spencer, I've even had you proofread some of my emails before I've sent them out, and you've been yeah. like, "No, you got to go harder. <laughs> you got to like, <laughs> you really got to spice this thing up." Yeah, I might not be the best ham. guy to come for advice yeah. on that stuff. I uh, yeah, um, man, I think I think you got to lead by example on this one, like. You you just keep waving. They'll wave back. They'll get it eventually. Like um, you know, those new those new racers, maybe even those elite cat three racers. They they think they're hot shit for a while, and then eventually they figure out we're all just a bunch of clowns in spandex, and you may as well just wave at each other, right? Like and as again and and again in our rules, in our um, in all fairness, our kind of stated rules on the old red light quandary is that if there's no one around and you're less than like six people and you can proceed through 
um, safely and it's not causing any issues or there's like a car stuck behind you. Like I don't have an issue with that. It's once you get to the really big groups, you know, so if it's two guys, maybe they, maybe they didn't see you. I don't think running a red light is the biggest deal, but it's got to be in the right circumstances in front of a bunch of cars and you're wearing the team sponsor kit probably don't want to run it i mean yeah, you gotta, you gotta use your best that. judgment yeah. so um but anyways uh what do you think little guy what, what, what's your favorite tack to uh lead by example or would you send the major email because i've never seen an email from you on a team listserv other than like whiz bang lasers i'll be there um no i i certainly would not be sending an email as we were talking about this i just realized i hadn't been on my own team's message board for a long time um so i'm pretty out of the loop so there's no way that I'd send the email. <laughs> so how how would you react then, little guy? So you, much like you haven't been on the team board for a while, you don't know where the rides mm-hmm. are. You're maybe not mm-hmm. as connected, but you're out on a ride in your team kit, and you pass mm-hmm. somebody you do not recognize in the same kit. What do mm-hmm. you do? I would wave. I've I had this experience at a race this year where somebody had the same kit as me, and I and I did a little hello, and then they sort of ignored me. Um, oh, and that was weird. That is weird. You're, I mean, the team's named after you. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to pull rank or anything, but I kind of think I deserve a hello. Yeah. Um, I I remember one time running into uh, Big Matt when he when we first got that like second team kit, the second edition of our team. Yeah. And he had the kit on, and he was like across the street, and I stared at him through this whole light. I was like, I cannot tell who that is. <laughs> and then I figured it out eventually. But yeah. you know, I was very confused because he was new to the team and, and we'd just gotten the kit and it took me a long time to even recognize the kit. I'd only I don't seen think it on a, myself in the mirror, you know? I don't think there's a better day in any type of cycling than new kit day, right? Especially right. we just had one we just had one um yesterday, so Saturday, March eleventh, we'll go down in the history in Orlando because <laughs> the blue hammers got a new kit. And the best part about new kit day is everyone shows up and gets very, very excited for their new kit. They had like 15 guys. I don't think they're ever going to have that many show up on a ride together again (laughs) until the next new kit. Because it happens on every team I've ever been on where everyone gets really excited. You get that new kit. You start planning like the season. We're going to go to this race. We're going to do this ride. We're going to do this KOM. It never happens again. It's all downhill from new kit day. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) You guys want to know something even cooler? Is that as we had this discussion, I opened the team message board, and I was supposed to. Today was the last day for me to go do sizing for the new kits. And I well, I can just tell you're I small. Did, I just learned about it now, so I'm totally on top of shit on this team. I'm just gonna guess what size I am, it's or small. aspirationally buy smalls, yeah, and hope that I fit in them. So um, we got another uh, whopper of a. Uh, of a question or comment also to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. This one comes to us from our uh, good friend, the Alma GP and he hits us up and he says, so I'm on the uh, Tuesday ride at the local bike shop. And he's like, it's kind of rare for me. Cause normally I have to ride in the morning, real small town, blah, blah, blah. I know everybody in the town and you know, he goes to school at Michigan state university. So he's there in Kalamazoo and he's sitting there and he's like, Hey man, here I am. I'm ready to do my ride, and uh, this gentleman comes up to him who he's never met before, and the guy just starts like talk to him about uh, cool bikes, blah, 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 and then he says, and I quote, he then follows up with an absolute whopper. He says, do you listen to podcasts? Me, thinking that this is kind of an out- outside question to ask, uh, all my <laughs> rights, he says, yeah, actually, I listen to a lot, and this guy goes, do you listen to the Slow Ride podcast? <laughs> and then almost thinking, wow, this guy knows his stuff. Good choice of podcasts. Well, yes, I do listen to the Slow Ride podcast, Alma replies. And he says, so wait, did you email them a few weeks ago? And they talked about it on the show. And he's like, holy cow, man, you must listen to more podcasts than I do, which is kind of crazy. So crazy. he says, this is kind of uh, insane. And then he uh, went went forward and actually took a picture of the gentleman to prove that there is someone else in uh Michigan that listens to the podcast. Now we got two listeners in the uh, in the Badger State. That's pretty and, good. Uh, that's just fantastic. That's a one hundred percent increase. Yes, the Badger State. <laughs> little guy, come Michigan? on, man. <laughs> yes, it's the it's the Wolverine State. Come on, little guy. I think the Michigan sure State Wolverines. <laughs> Some of our reoccurring theme jokes that maybe go over little guy's head here. I think. I didn't know we'd yeah. ever made that joke before. 
Oh, well, <laughs> good stuff. We got lots of other uh, emails come in. Uh, Ted Willard, thanks for the uh, sweet mm-hmm. um, mention that you are going to be sending us some AG2R water bottles. <laughs> I can only assume that you made bank on eBay um, this past week selling the AG2R uh, European history. And, oh, yeah. Uh, one more uh, thing that we always like to do is give a quick shout-out to Land of Calrissian, who gave us a five-star review on iTunes. He says, this is the most fun cycling podcast in the universe. It's even better than my favorite Shram trucker hat that I got for finishing in 16th place. So nice. we'd like to thank, uh, you know, <laughs> we uh, we maybe fired off a Shram. Uh, oh, because he maybe finished 16th place in a stage race, I'd like to think. But it was probably a prize that we once at one time put out there. You know, speaking of 16th place, you guys, Milan San Remo, are we doing one? Yes, oh, yeah. we are. Are we oh, making yeah. picks? All right. I'll make a pick right now. Whenever, whenever you guys are ready, Tim, you can start. Spencer, you want to start? Wait, do we have a start you guys, list? You guys are both wrong, <laughs> so, I mean, I could go first. Do we have uh, a start list, little guy? Uh, I mean, probably on pro cycling staff. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go bring up the uh, okay. I'm gonna go bring up the, the start. List. I've I've got a pick. I know I know who will be 16th place in Milan San Remo. Little guy, do you have a pick already? Since you brought this up. Yeah, I'm gonna say Michael Matthews because that's as high as I want him to go. Oh, <laughs> bling! All right, so bling is shining, shining through in 16th place. Now, uh, my choice is gonna seem. I mean, I mentioned this guy earlier in the podcast, so I, I may have cast some dispersions on him before, but I think he's going to be good enough to be there at the finish, but not good enough to really cap it off. Uh, so he's going to finish a strong 16th place. That'll be Vincenzo Nibali. So all right. that's okay. all right. That's good. Now, my 16th place, I, I feel I reserve the right to change this just because the um, <laughs> it's wrong. Not, like none of the start lists are up first off. <laughs> Okay. Like the, the very very few, I yeah, like. I want to pick. I want to pick a um, a T-Spinute, right? Like like that's who I want to want to go with. But I don't even it's know just if he's your default do the race. bike racer these days. You picked him for everything. Okay. okay, I picked him for everything. So I won't pick him. I'm just gonna throw out there Roglic of uh, Team Lotto Jumbo. I think he's gonna get a uh, 16th There's, place. There, he won't even finish if he starts. Really? Won't even all finish. Right. He's a solid 16. That's all right. Yeah. Do you right. think that I should go with like a Viviani or something from Team Sky or like well, a? Well, he'll be on the podium, on so the that's not a good choice. All right. Well, let's 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 talk let's talk win. Let's talk podium then. Let's, okay. Let's get down to brass tacks. The, here. the win's going to be Kristoff. Really? You think Kristoff? Yes. yes. I don't think I, I can cope with that. I, am I think also Demar. Shocked. I gotta. I can't. I can't vote against Demar. He's so good. You think a French cyclist is going to win? I yeah, he mean, did. He did last year. Last year. <laughs> I know. Well, you think you think a fr- you think they can repeat? Well, here's all I'm saying. Finyan won it twice in a row. All right. Shoulder, oh, shoulder, interesting. Shoulder. All right. Interesting. Uh, Spencer, who you got winning? I uh, I think I think Demar is a strong pick. Uh, he yeah. is he is definitely my favorite to win this race. But since you picked him, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say we have a rule that we can't pick the same guy, and so mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to figure out somebody else. In this is like case, when we go out to eat and I order the biscuits and gravy and I, I see you looking at it and I yeah. order it real quick and I can see the look on your face of, damn it, I can't order that now. I can't, I can't order it now, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've, you've restaurant blocked me. <laughs> it's the worst. You do it a lot, little guy. I think we have a similar taste. I think we, have, I think we usually want the same so, thing when we go. Yeah. Um, so, man, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to be Kristoff. That I can say uh, for sure. I think Viviani will be close, but I don't think he'll be there. I think Demar will probably win, but I think his strongest competition will be Peter Sagan. So yeah, I'm going to go Sagan, yeah. with Sagan as a solid choice for so, the uh, Melanson Remo. Just some of the other names that are going to be there. Degenkolb will be there. He's got probably mm-hmm. he's a man on a mission to prove that last year um, yeah. tragic accident was a was a fluke. You have yep. Caleb Ewan. Who maybe he's carrying over some form from those sweet tour down under sprints when his nose was touching <laughs> his front wheel. You also uh-huh. have Kiwakowski, um, Tom Boonen, GVA will be in this race. I know that those are not the full on uh, sprint trains, but Mark Cavendish is also going to be towing the start line. Is this the um, you know the Cavendish win? It could be pretty cool. Or Nasir Buhani could be a French, the French hope over Demer. 
That would be uh, so, pretty exciting to see. So uh, we are going to do a 16th place contest for uh, for this Milan San Remo. It's one of the classics, one of the monuments. Uh, we always do a 16th place contest for our listeners. So you can hashtag 16th place and tweet at us uh, with your pick for 16th place. You have to hashtag it. Your tweet. Yeah, because it auto-populates the spreadsheet. It auto-populates the spreadsheet, and I'm not going to go searching through all the tweets for them. So make my life easy. What I can say is that um, Trek, t- uh, Trek Racing had given us some stuff last year to give away, and I just found a couple items left over that we hadn't given away. We didn't give away everything yet. So I've got a Trek Racing team scarf. Oh, um, nice. It's really nice. It's like a European soccer-style scarf. For Trek Racing, uh, very classy piece. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that away to whoever uh, nails 16th place in the prediction. And uh, if more than one people, more than one person select the same guy, uh, we will do a random draw of the people who are correct. That's a fantastic prize. So thanks yep. to Trek Racing for providing the 16th place prize in 2015 for the 2017 <laughs> Milan San Remo. Yep. Um, great stuff. So get it in. Hashtag 16th place. Milan San Remo is next Sunday, the greatest of, or sorry, next Saturday, Saturday. the greatest of all classics. And this also leads, gentlemen, our favorite website of past lore, rollerderby.com, would always put up two of my favorite, favorite propositions of the year. The first was, what team will be the first over the Poggio? Mm Mm-hmm. Any guesses on who that's going to be uh, this year and what team is going to be the first to eclipse the climb? Oh, I know. Uh, Sky. Really? Really? Okay. No. See, uh, I I always think the first team over the Poggio is the flash in the pan team that just needs that little bit of camera time that is definitely not going to do any well, anything exciting in the race after that. And so I'm going with Cannondale. Ooh, so I was gonna go even deeper with like Nippo Vini Fantini. That could be the a good one. Prince. Uh, <laughs> uh, the little prince that that could be a perfect little prince for the Cunego going over. I'm gonna say it's Astana because it's gonna be like Luis Leon Sanchez trying to go on the attack or something from the, yeah. the Poggio. So I am gonna put down first over the the Poggio will be Astana, um, and then that also leads into our other favorite proposition. Will mm-hmm. Paris Roubaix end in a sprint finish, or will it be a breakaway? Oh, Milan San Remo. Yeah. Sorry, M- Milan San Remo. Thank you. Yep. And what was it? What was the stipulation again? It was that uh, I think it was 15, 10, 10 people 10, or less in the yeah. finish, separated by fifteen seconds. So, will there will the finishing group be less than ten people um, at Milan San Remo? And I am going to say no. Yeah, I think I'm it's going to be a group go sprint. No, though I hope it is. I think I think it'll be, yeah. If Saga eight, wins, eight, it could be out eight, of ten. Yeah, I think it's gonna be about eight to ten people. So I'll take the under on that one. Right. Okay, so um, once so we have our three bets on Milan San Remo next week. We will talk about this and see Spencer, who came I got out. On a question top. for you. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Startless is a little incomplete right now. Have you been talking to Peepo? Is he racing? I don't even remember what team he's on. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was looking at the start list. I didn't see his name, and I was like, man, is he on that Willier team? I he don't is. even remember. He's still on yeah. that team? Yes. Yes, uh, he is. Uh, I t- I, I'm going to assume that uh, because it's an Italian race that he's won in the past, he will be there. Uh, but I actually don't know. I have not uh, checked up on his race schedule. Okay. Well, you could do a little Twitter research on mm-hmm. his schedule. That'd be great. And, it's uh, mostly I- been pictures of him hanging out at the beach lately, so. You know that doesn't bode well for the last year of his professional career. <laughs> now we did get a uh, um, text message to myself from Graham Partain, longtime listener of the podcast. He hits us up oh, yeah. with just a nice picture of uh, Tinker Juarez's Team Klein Storm Mountain Bike at the North American Handmade Bicycle Show. Um, once again, lots of stuff going out there in Utah. But the Klein Corner did make an appearance in my phone, so um, that was great to see. Do you guys have anything to add about the North American Handmade Bicycle Show before we uh, carry on? Or is this, a, is this the flash in the pan and the show will be done soon? I, I don't know. I, I don't even get excited about it anymore. Um, I get less excited because all the bikes have discs, and I hate looking at bikes with discs. I saw some pictures the other day from some stuff there, and well... Some nice bikes 
they all have discs. It's just kind of I don't aesthetically I don't enjoy it. I don't want to look <laughs> at it. So I I I'm not looking as much as I used to. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I I still think it's a a pretty cool show um, to follow, and there's always so much cool stuff going on. It's a nice reminder uh, that there are more more bikes in the world than the big uh, the big three or the big four or whatever. Um, even though uh, you know most of the time they're so nice, you almost don't want to race on them because you don't want to ding up the paint job. Um, <coughs> so <coughs> my only takeaway is this. I think it should be every two years. I think every year kind of dilutes it. So I think Maybe. every two years I would be more attuned to go. But right now I'm kind of always thinking like, ah, I'll just go next year when it's in a cool city or something. And yeah, then something always comes up. Me. And if it was more of a destination like every two years and um, the expense could be uh, – um, you know, the, the expense could be a little bit less for some of the, uh, the small in-house uh, fabricators because these shows cost a lot of money to attend. And it would yeah. be really cool to um, to see it that way. That that's just my take. I do love seeing the photos that come out, little guy. I'm like you. There's certain things I do like to see, um, and it is really great to see the burgeoning craft um, of American manufacturing and worldwide manufacturing of bicycles, right? And that is uh, that is a lot of fun. Yeah, I I, got, I can see what you're saying. Every other year it does make a lot of sense. I th- I feel like. Uh, like I'm not as in tune with all the new builders, uh, maybe as I should be. And so maybe that plays into uh, a little bit of why I'm like, oh, you know, eh, I don't know. But, um, but man, they're, they're making cool stuff. Like, the photos that I do see come across, the bikes are incredible. Like, they're, they're really cool. Uh, so I, I don't know. I always like the show. I don't think it's jumped the shark necessarily yet. Uh, Tim might be onto something with every other year kind of thing, but I, I can't see that actually happening, so... Yeah, well, cool. That's true too. And um, look, guy, do you have another quiz for us in the the Chris Horner corner? <laughs> I don't. No, the, I mean that's that's the whole quiz for this week. Is you have the the thing earlier? You pause the podcast. You do the the ten Chris Horner corners, and uh, you see if you can do it. So it's a self quiz. It's self directed. <laughs> okay. And if you do well on it, um, little pat on the back, maybe. Uh, you know, clean your bike so, as a reward. If you had to put money down, um, who is going to be the, the biggest villain in cycling, um, according to our listeners? Anybody come uh, out to mind? Because I expect people to hit us up on Twitter with the biggest villain in professional cycling. And uh, we will discuss next week on the Slow Ride Podcast. I'm assuming these people are going to say Johnny Visconti. I mean, I'm, I feel a connection <laughs> with our listeners. And mm. so, I mean, I think... I think we're on the same wavelength. You know, uh, you know. I'm, I think they may say Zacharin. I think I think there could be some <laughs> Zacharin uh, haters out there. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, there you go. That's true. We will soon find out. And we'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Pretty soon we'll be on our 150th episode, and we couldn't have done it without you. It's kind of amazing to think about. We'd like to thank Rhyme Sayers Entertainment and their artist BK1 for the intro and outro music that you hear every week on the podcast mm-hmm. I'd like to thank michelin bicycle tires for their support with their all new power endurance tires and more or less we'd also like to thank healthiq.com slash slow ride where you can learn all about saving money on health insurance check out yep. wide angle podium network become a member or subscriber to support podcasts such as crosshairs radio dirt field recordings and um yeah um uh, don't forget the, uh, the Instagram contest by Michelin. Uh, use the hashtag WAP. That stands for Wide Angle Podium. WAP uh, in, uh, contest something. What was it? I don't even have it in front of me. <laughs> WAP Power Contest. That's what it is. WAP Power Contest. Uh, so tag Michelin Bicycle on your Instagram. Use that hashtag, and, uh, and you'll be in the running for a set of tires. Uh, also... Let's them know that uh, you guys are listening and, and, and doing stuff for us. Um, so we'd appreciate that. Man, nailed it. Crushed it. Um, nope. <laughs> the, the last bit of business, uh, as always. Oh, yeah. Make sure you wave at your fellow cyclists. Or if you don't want to wave, ring that bell. Ring that bell. Yeah. Ding-a-ling. Ding-a-ling.
Give him a ding-a-ling. We're all out there. We're, we're all doing the same thing. You know, we've got to respect each other, man, because nobody else is going to respect us. Look at us. We're wearing spandex. That's right. Be that clown. And with that, we bid you adieu. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank you.